0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Across the States. I'm your host, Matt Fisher, bringing you the premier state policy podcast, courtesy of ALEC. Today, we are going to talk drones. And joining us to do so are Brent Skorup, Senior Research Fellow at the Mercatus Center, and Carla Jones, Senior Director of the ALEC Task Forces on International Relations and Federalism. Brent, Carla, welcome to the program. How are you guys doing today?
1: We're doing great, Matt. How about you?
0: Doing good, doing good. And how about you, Brent? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So today we are going to talk about drones, and I'm looking forward to this discussion. Now, to kick things off, we often hear about drones. The first thing that comes to mind are drone strikes in Yemen, the ongoing debate over privacy, but there's more to that than just the federal level. Now, many drone advocates say that aviation and airspace is exclusively under federal authority. Texas, for example was sued by drone operators for creating drone no-fly zones last year. So Brent, what is the state of that case and what more can you tell us about the current nature of the federal versus state dynamic when it comes to drones? Thanks, Matt.
2: There's this talking point from some in the drone industry that drones are purely a a federal issue and it's a myth. States and property owners care very much what happens in surface airspace, this low-altitude airspace. And, And in the case you mentioned NPPA versus McCraw. This was a case, so Texas, several years ago, like many other states, has created drone no-fly zones above sensitive locations like jails and schools and utility lines and this sort of thing. Some drone operators sued, and they made this argument that airspace regulation is purely a federal matter, states have no role to play, and the federal court a few months ago rejected those claims, uh, dismissed those claims with prejudice said no states do have a role to play when it comes to surface airspace so this is a common talking point i hear frequently but it's just not the case that only the federal government regulates surface airspace thank
1: you for taking the time to be with us today and also thank you for speaking at the federalism and international relations task force meeting last december the members learned a lot from and really enjoyed your presentation And it's great. We'll be able to get your ideas out to more people with this podcast. Now, what do you expect from the current administration in terms of regulatory actions regarding drone operations? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Have they signaled anything yet?
2: I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, and I should say, to date, there's been some good continuity over the previous couple administrations, The, the Obama administration did some pretty forward-thinking work on on drones. The Trump administration did as well. I mean, notably, they they had what's called the integration pilot program where, where they worked with state and local governments to test out drone services and different ways of drone regulation. There are about 10 pilot programs throughout the nation. The current administration is continuing a version of that program. And I think a lot of this is driven in part by that There's a lot going on in other nations. And the U.S., of course, wants to bring these drone services and jobs to the U.S. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm a little wary about this fight that we see festering about will it be states, will it be localities, will it be federal government? This has not been formalized. And and my work is encouraging federal and state lawmakers to formalize some policy around this because it's not good for the industry to be in this limbo about who regulates Aerospace and drone operations.
0: I want to follow up with you there, Brent. On what you just said regarding the myth that the federal government alone is involved in drones, what role should states and cities take when it comes to drone policy? Why should states and localities prioritize regulation, utilization, promotion of drones? There's a few things,
2: and I, I should say I, I hear from state and local officials and, and regulatory officials all the time. And, and there's a few things that I think drive their interest. One is they want to be on the cutting edge. Just like many states a few years ago, Republicans, Democrats wanted to bring autonomous vehicle companies to their states. You you see a similar trend. Republicans, Democrats, governors, officials want to bring drone jobs, drone services to their jurisdiction. So I, I think that drives a lot of it. So, and I hope states will lean into that instinct that they should want to be on the cutting edge. They should want to bring new services to their communities and jobs Another reason they they should want to be involved, there are new legal areas. What should liability be for drone companies? What restrictions on, you know, should they be allowed to fly over schools and jails and and homes? Or should there be restrictions on on that sort of thing that whatever state officials think about it, residents will, they will have their voice heard about this. They will make their, their concerns known. And so... State and local officials should not be caught off guard by this. They should start preparing. And I've, I've written, you know, what state and local officials can do in this area, including create drone program offices within their Department of Transportation, which several states have done. But there are other things as well to start preparing.
1: Just to follow up on that, are there states that are doing a particularly good job in this area?
2: I've released a drone readiness scorecard. For the past two years and we rank states based on their readiness for commercial drone services in particular we, we look at ways you know it's it's my fear that trespass nuisance and takings lawsuits will, will be a hindrance to the industry and so we look at ways uh, one way to avoid trespass nuisance and takings lawsuits is to keep drone flights above public rights of way and, and above public roads and so we, we grade states on does their state allow, allow airspace leasing above public roads? Many states do, actually. It's not, it's not been used for drones to date, but it could be. Do they vest property rights with landowners so that property rights owners don't have to sue to figure out what, what their property rights are? Does the state have a drone program office? Does the state have drone jobs in their state? So all these things we measure, and some states rise above the others. Off the top of my head, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Arkansas, Texas are in the top 10. But I I hope listeners will, will check out our drone readiness scorecard. The second version came out earlier this year.
1: We'll be sure to place a link to it with the podcast. You've written about the need for cooperative federalism when it comes to drones. Could you expand on that concept and explain what you mean by it?
2: Cooperative federalism, it refers to the reality that states and the federal government will need to work together when it comes to drones. You've got issues of federal concern like interstate commerce, like safety of traditional aviation, but you also have very local and very localized concerns like nuisance, like trespass, like noise violations, like zoning. And so you will need a collaboration of state aviation officials and federal aviation officials the FA acknowledges that there is a role for states to play in these areas, but it's not been formalized. And, and frankly, there's some reticence, I think, with the FA to acknowledge the role of states and localities over this. And so I, I've written, you know what, what I envision is the FA would certify drones and drone track management systems and and would essentially whitelist, say, You can fly in these areas, they're not near airports, they're not near federal property. And states and localities would have the task of of saying, okay, you can fly in these corridors, you know, these are the trespass rules, these are liability rules, and so forth. So it will be a shared responsibility, but this hasn't been formalized yet.
0: To go off what you said there, Brent, drone companies are concerned about fragmented authority over drone operations if states and cities regulate these drones. Now, should those laws be preempted to promote drone commerce?
2: I don't think all state rules should be preempted here. And and frankly, I I don't think they could be preempted. And this was part of the argument in the Texas case, that there's just no role for states to play here. And that court, and I believe other courts will say, no, there there are some state and local and private property interests that have to be accommodated. You know, on on the fragmentation question, and, and this comes up, many, many industries have to deal with this. If you're say a trucking company, you have to deal with, with state laws about trucking. And any industry of any size, you have to deal with the jurisdictions you're in. And so I, I don't I don't see that as a novel issue just for the drone industry. And in fact, drone companies when, when they do go to a local area, they are they are working with, they are collaborating with state and local officials. And I, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And so, I mean, this idea that you only have federal rules to comply with—that's not the case today, and 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 that will never be the case.
1: A Michigan court recently held that drones operated by a city at low altitudes to find zoning violations is unconstitutional. I think that was Long Lake Township versus Maxon. Would you mind telling us a little more about that case and what the legal implications of it are?
2: I think this caught many in drone advocacy by by surprise. So what happened in that case, a locality was citing landowners for zoning violations and, and they had contracted out with a drone photography business. That drone photographer flew above a resident's property, took pictures, and, and the resident said this was a, a privacy violation, unconstitutional privacy violation. The court agreed that it was unconstitutional and also noted that landowners have an expectation of privacy in the airspace above their property. And, and the court said any reasonable landowner would view this as a privacy violation and, and as trespass. This was an appellate court in Michigan, and uh, it goes against what many in the drone advocacy community have said, which is they say landowners have no property interests, airspace, they say there's no privacy interest to airspace. And this court said, no, this is a trespass. This is a privacy violation. And I think you'll see other courts take up this this line of thinking. And this is why I've written extensively about the reality that states need to start preparing for this. The litigation is coming, whether they like it or not. And it behooves state and federal lawmakers to start preparing for this and protecting privacy and property expectations of, of residents so that the industry is not held back by this litigation.
1: And American global competitiveness is on everyone's mind, or at least it's on the minds of everybody in the Federalism and International Relations Task Force at Alec. How is the U.S. doing in terms of capitalizing on the potential of drones compared to other countries? Are we competitive?
2: On the whole, I would say the U.S. is competitive. It's always hard with these international measurements. I will say other countries have allowed more advanced and more frequent operations than in the US. There's an American company, Zipline for instance, they've they've made over hundred thousand deliveries in Rwanda and Ghana doing deliveries. The Chinese market obviously is a large one. They have a very large tech sector, a very large drone sector. It's not easy to figure out what's going on in China, but we do know they have a very large drone industry and they manufacture a lot of the drones that are used nationwide. That said, the U.S. does have some things going for it. We have, of course, a large tech industry ourselves. We have federal and state lawmakers who are forward-thinking about these things that want to stimulate the industry, particularly as foreign companies ramp up. And this is actually a new area of research for me. We're going to compare U.S. versus China policies and industrial policy. But I, I do think the U.S. stacks up well compared to other nations. And federal and state lawmakers are, are pretty forward-thinking. But we shouldn't take it for granted. As I said, there, there's a lot going on in other nations. We don't allow the complex drone operations that a lot of nations do. Some of that's just pragmatically. The U.S. has thousands of small airports that it's just far more than any other nation has. And just pragmatically, the U.S. has to be a little more cautious. But um, I'm optimistic, especially if we get some of these legal issues figured out, particularly the the federalism issues, which this debate is starting to ramp up. But uh, states are very curious about this. I get calls and emails frequently about this. States do want to lead. And I'm I'm encouraged by that and glad that there is a lot of interest at the state and local level about how do we bring this industry to our jurisdiction? How do we prevent punishing litigation for the industry? And, And I think there are ways of doing that.
0: Well, I certainly hope that we can continue to have a positive and fruitful discussion on the state and local levels about how to best utilize drones. Brent, Carla, thank you both for coming on Today's the days across the states. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Matt.
0: Thank you for having me. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Again, I am your host, Matt Fisher, and be sure to tune in next time again for more Across the States.
1: Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alex states. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council. The ALEC annual meeting is almost here, and time is running out to sign up. This July 28th through the 30th, join the American Legislative Exchange Council in beautiful Salt Lake City for our 48th annual meeting. To register, go to alec.org backslash meetings. We'll see you in Utah.